Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. The number one podcast network for professionals featuring 386 shows with a stable of former players and local media personalities. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saba, the most electrifying voice in sports information and with me as always yo it's me it's me it's lukey c aka crocodamus <laughs> what are we talking about today oh here we go <laughs> i'm looking forward to this one he's deflecting folks he's <laughs> deflecting did i or did i not pick he's, this super bowl matchup in our playoff preview he's really hurting inside right now did i or did i not pick this play this championship because for those of you that listen to this podcast knows that he lives on an island it's him nick wright and like three dudes in pittsburgh that live on this island with him where they believe some crazy shit uh anyway it's a gross mischaracterization what are we talking about today well we are gonna recap championship sunday fun day I'm going to touch on the coaching carousel a little bit. Some more stuff has happened. I figure we can talk about that. I want to talk a little bit about Matt Stafford and some other potential movement in the offseason. And then uh, we'll save. We're going to save all Super Bowl talk for next week. I think that it's going to be a long two weeks. So, especially for people in Tampa Bay and Kansas City. So, we want to make sure that you guys have content two weeks in a row from us. Before we get into any of the football stuff, the Super Bowl is finally here. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 3-0 and week for the boys last week. That's 5-0 and the last two weeks. So, I hope nobody gave up on us. For the season, we still got some picks to make. We'll do some props and stuff next week. But 23, 22, and 2. Uh, we both hit. Uh, you hit on the over Kansas City Buffalo. I hit on Kansas City minus 3. I hit on Tampa plus 4. So big couple of weeks for us. It's going to be interesting. I text Luke earlier today and I said, man, I don't know what we're going to do for these bet online reads anymore because i've got basketball one. huh i've got one you got one all right <laughs> yeah. go ahead because i don't have anything let's hear it you doing yeah. a future uh no i'm not i'm actually i'm gonna go ahead and do a golf matchup i love that yeah so we got farmers insurance open at tory pines this weekend Ooh. and i'm gonna go ahead and do a matchup i'm gonna take Corey connors at plus 115 over Jason Day. So that's a full weekend matchup. Corey Connors to beat Jason Day, plus 115. There you go. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, 
That's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, let's talk coaching. I am just infatuated, and I know people can tell because I've talked coaching last three, four weeks. But we get we get a season, you know, we as in Browns fans away from it, and you're just immersed. I am. No, I'm immersed in it because it's. I'm always a sort of on the inside looking in. It's one of those situations where we're always either firing a coach or like retaining a coach that should be fired. Hugh Jackson, right? Like the last 10 years have just been really crazy. 20. Yeah, but 10 years. Yeah, okay. It's been pretty bad since Haslam took over. Yes. So I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated with this and I'm, watching these coaching candidates through a much different lens now so two openings got filled this week there is only one opening still available and that's the houston job and it sounds like it's a three horse race for that houston job right Bienemy, leslie frazier and it sounds like jim caldwell is the dark horse in that whole deal which is interesting i actually like jim caldwell i think he's a good coach so very interested with that Houston situation because it is quickly becoming a dumpster fire situation where I think whoever the next coach is is pretty much set up to fail. So I think we're beyond that, though. I mean, it's it's a nightmare down there. But you want to start with Detroit or you want to start with Philly? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's start with Philly because the Detroit thing, I just I'm I'm going in on that, dude. So. Um, me both. So Nick Sirianni got hired from Philly. I actually think that's a smart hire. That's a name that you've been hearing. Uh, he's the offensive coordinator in Indianapolis. Name you've been hearing, even with the Browns, the last couple go around him and Eberflus, who's their defensive coordinator. So those Indianapolis coordinators have been getting a lot of love, speculation the last couple go around. So. Happy Nick Sirianni got the job. I think I think it makes a lot of sense, right? If I'm a decision maker in Philly, I'm going to say, okay, we've just picked Carson Wentz over our coach. Let's go get somebody that can help Carson Wentz. We can't get Frank Reich, who's the only person who Carson Wentz has ever been successful under. So why don't we get the next best thing and get the guy that's sort of been studying over Frank Reich for the last couple of years. So I like the Sirianni hire. I think it's smart. I don't know. What do you think? Mount Union guy, first and foremost. That's right. So uh, he, he, uh, he went there and coached there. It's an interesting take when you talk about you know, the Frank Reich angle, I, I don't, I mean, looking out from the outside, looking in, that looks like an easy connection to make, you know, sure. I, I'm not sure how much weight it holds, but you know, it's definitely an interesting, um, definitely an interesting take and, and an interesting hire. He actually turned down an interview with the Browns after his first year as coordinator with the Colts. So he could when focus. They hired Freddie, right? Um, I believe it was, no, it was before that. It was when they hired, um, Oh no! It must have been. It must it have been when they hired Freddie. Couldn't have been here. So yeah, because so they so he decided to stay with the Colts and just focus on our offense, which, you know, at the time the Browns' job wasn't really all that attractive. But I thought it was interesting. It's an offensive guy. We talked last week about we might see some offensive guys fill in, and and both these guys, while Dan Campbell might not seem like an offensive guy, he he is a tight ends coach and has held some other positions on the offensive side of the ball. But 
you know, I thought we'd see that too, for sure. Definitely a guy that they were going to get to try and rehab Carson Wentz. And, you know, I think they did that. So I'm, I'm interested to see how it'll work out. I don't know if you can fix what is broken inside of Carson Wentz. So I, you know, it, it'll be entertaining. It's called talent. <laughs> he has talent. I don't want to bang on Carson Wentz. I've, I've won the war. Did I see that Matt Patricia is back with the Patriots, their defensive coordinator? He's not the coordinator. He's like a like a special assistant. He's doing what McDaniels did when he yeah, came they, back but first. They, but they brought him right back, and he was he started calling plays. No, he didn't. They brought him back in the playoffs. I remember because he got he got he got fired, and then immediately the Patriots were in the playoffs and hired he him. Was yeah, well because they week. were always playoffs because they have Tom Brady. Well, they used to have Tom Brady. Okay, so let's talk about the Lions. Dan Campbell. One of the worst introductory press conferences I've ever ever seen in my life. Dude, people se- were eating it up. It was so it was it was just so funny. It was so funny. I've see. seen a lot of coaches win the introductory press conference. You know, say all the right things, use the cliches. You know, we're building people with character. We're winners. Blah 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 blah. But Dan Campbell went the exact opposite way. And I think he tried instead of to appeal to his boss and the ownership of the Detroit Lions. I think he tried to appeal to the fans and sort of do this like tough guy thing. Like we're going to be biting kneecaps off and just, I don't know, man. I give Dan, I think the Lions are going to be hiring a coach again next offseason. And you know, we'll get into it more with the Stafford stuff. This guy's set up to fail, and he's just – and it's crazy. He's been a name in the Browns coaching search the last few times. Even when they hired Hugh, I think he was a name in there because didn't – he filled in for – Whoever got fired in Miami. And I think he filled in when old boy in New Orleans. No. He wasn't when, the he, when Peyton was suspended. When Peyton was suspended, he was the coach, wasn't he? No, it was um, God, what was his name? It, it wasn't it wasn't Campbell though, but he was on that staff. He was on that staff. Okay, yes. so you know Dan Campbell's got some. He he was a he was a holdover when one of those Miami coaches got fired. I can't even remember. There's been it was 2015 so when, that, when that happened. I can't. So, I, I, was that Gase? No, case was just um... so he got he was the interim interim coach when they fired the guy that Gase replaced. Yes. Okay. Whoever that was, I can't remember. Tell you in one second. Philbin. Oh yeah, Joe Philbin. Jesus. Good God. All right. You want to hit Dean Campbell with anything else? If, if, if Listen, all I'm going to say is if, if, if you out there have not heard this Dan Campbell introductory press conference, please go listen to it. No, other than that, though, I, a lot of people on Twitter were, were really pleased with the sta- uh, the hires that he made anyway. You know, brought Anthony Lynn is, is um, his offensive coordinator, which I'm not crazy about. Um, but Aaron Glenn from the Saints, the DB's coach there. Guys just rave about him. So, I mean th- – Look, I, I agree with you. I think probably not next offseason, but the season after, I think, is when he'll be replaced. And uh, people on Twitter seem to like the hire the hires he's made. So, Well, 
his quarterback's going to be gone, which I for anybody, him up for another first round pick, you know, I I don't know that he'll get that for for Stafford, but uh, you know they could they could have two first round picks. They got they got the seventh overall pick, but Kenny Galladay's a free agent. Um, I think they got some guys from the defensive end. They're a little little long in the tooth, and they might be free agents. So yeah, it's just not a great situation. The the Stafford stuff came out, and funny well, there was a report today from Schefter that said, had they just retained Bevel, Stafford was was on board. I had to have known that they got to get that guy out of there, man. I mean, he's just he's got to go somewhere. Everybody who we are huge Matt Stafford fans here, so all the things that we're about to say, it, it's really more for his benefit. He's got to go somewhere, and he's got to have an opportunity to win because he's just in a perpetual state of rebuild in Detroit. Every time you think they're about to sort of get over that hump a little bit and maybe win a playoff game or whatever, they just don't do it. And again, this was another year, Matt Patricia. I don't know. I'm just I'm really frustrated. I, my question is, and we may have to play this game. We've talked about it. We're going to have to put it together because – it sounds to me like I was reading an article today where there's 10 quarterbacks right now in the NFL, 10, whose futures are uncertain. And we may have to put a game together and talk about where we think all these guys are going to go. Schefter said he'd set the over-under at number of teams that will have new quarterbacks next year at 18. And he said he took the over. 18. Well, this this list right here doesn't even count the teams drafting who who are going to draft a quarterback. Okay. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Trubisky, Jameis Winston, uh, Fitzy, Alex Smith, and Ben Roethlisberger. These are all names. This could be an unprecedented – and then throw in, you know, Trevor Lawrence – Justin Fields. Did you mention Matt Ryan? Zach Wilson. I didn't even mention Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's well, not even on this list. That this, this is a tweet from Schefter. Matt Ryan's not. And you know he's getting moved. Phillip Rivers retired. Phillip Rivers retired. Yeah, so it's just, it's crazy. So we're going to play a game. I just, you know, we'll we'll play it either next week or maybe once the Super Bowl's over, probably. Yeah. I'm really happy about Stafford. I'm really happy about all this movement. So be on the lookout. We will we will do a prediction of where we think all these guys are going to go. We'll probably even do a little draft predictor too. All right, let's get into Championship Sunday. First game was the NFC Championship game. Bucks them Tampa Bay Buccaneers, baby. I took them plus four, but I didn't have the balls to pick them to win. But Tampa won 31-26 on the road. Lambeau Field against the Green Bay Packers. What do you think about this one? Well, I mean, the first half was incredible from both sides, you know, except for when, uh, you know, you settle for a field goal from inside the 10. It's just a big no-no any in any playoff game. And I know that uh, Lafleur wasn't there the last time they did this, but McCarthy knows all too well, and uh, so does so does Rogers. You know, he was in that situation in Seattle, not too distant past. So you just can't kick those field goals, especially when you're playing against a team that had scored as easily as they had. At that point, it was fourteen seven. You just can't kick the field goal in the first half there, and then 
the play at the end of the half is just indefensible for, from from Kevin King, who had a just nightmarish game. Um, he gave up the touchdown to Evans, and then that one on the sideline to Scotty Miller to end the half. And you know, if you look at it, we talk about it all the time when we're texting during Browns games. Is the Packers had a perfect uh, double dip opportunity there, and it somehow turned into a double dip for Tampa Bay. You know, uh, uh, Jones comes out and fumbles the uh, the reception in the second half. I think it was on the third play, the third play of the half. And, uh, you know, play later, uh, Tampa's in the end zone. And it's at that point, it's starting to look real scary because it's 28-10. But Rodgers comes right back, scores touchdown the next possession. And then again, and uh, we could talk about the, the two-pointer conversion there. I'm all for going for it. Well, they talked about it on the telecast. Yeah, and they're allowed to have their opinions. You know, I, I just I'm I'm for going for it, making a one score game. You've you've struggled against that defense a little bit. You you got off on them on the third quarter and were able to make it a game. I just don't think that if they had kicked that field goal late, late at the end of the game, they're still down four. They kicked the extra point. They're down four instead of five. It's you're in the same scenario. So it, to me, it doesn't make any difference. Then you have let's just get down to it. The last possession here. Rodgers run on third and goal like he didn't he decided not to run he, he makes the pass to Adams was double covered and it looked like he had that whole right side you know I looked at the still image of it today he's definitely getting caught but he's getting caught Devin White's right there and there was another guy on Tunyon right at the goal line he's I don't think he's making it into the end zone if he takes off but you still have to run that ball I think when he saw Devontae Adams cutting across he thought there was a little hold on him not as bad as the Lazard one, but there was a little a little tug on him. And I think he thought if he threw the ball that way, he was going to get that call. I also think that he thought they were going to go for it on fourth down. But you got you just got to run that ball and make the best of it, try and get closer to set up for your fourth down. So uh, they kicked the field goal with two minutes and a little over 30 seconds left. Let's see. Yeah, it's 2.05 left when they kicked the field goal. And uh, then they kick it off instead of an onside kick. Like, if you're going to – look, you can't give the ball back to them. Like – we've seen this movie a billion times with, with them and they, 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 you're kicking the ball to him with the lead. So it's even worse. This isn't even really analytics, but 115 times since 94 teams were down four to eight between two to three minutes left. Four teams kicked a field goal in that situation, four out of 115. It's like I said, it's not analytics. It's who do you trust more? Do you trust Aaron Rodgers to score a touchdown from three or four yards out? Or do you trust your kicker to make the field goal, then recover the onside kick or you kick a field goal and then you have to stop Tom Brady. Like, so, so of those three scenarios, which one is most likely to succeed? It's definitely Aaron Rodgers with the ball in his hands from four yards out. You know, there's no, there's no other way around it. You know, I feel, I feel for Rodgers. It's hard not to really wonder what, what he could do with the weapons that Brady has on the other side. Cause all you have to do, you know, it was really just Adams. I mean, Jones is okay, but we saw the fumble. It's a running back. But this game, this second half was just sloppy from both sides. Even in the first half, Tampa had a ton of drops. Uh, Green Bay had several. Just a lot of mistakes, I felt like, definitely in the second half. Oh, man, uh, Green Bay had their chance, you know, but they played sloppy, uncharacteristically sloppy. Tampa Bay's been known for that a little bit this year. They haven't been the most on the ball, but they made enough plays to win when it mattered. So, I'm surprised. My biggest takeaway, I think, is I don't think when I was watching this game, I don't think either one of these teams can win the Super Bowl. 
That I'm was my not, biggest takeaway. I'm not watching. surprised about that. So what I'm going to say, I wrote in my notes here that he won't say Tom Brady's name. It took you about six minutes, and you didn't say Tom Brady's name. You were saying they, them, like, don't kick it back to them. They're in this position. They is Look, Tom- the, only, the only defensible part of that decision to kick it back to them was that Tom Brady was absolutely fucking horrendous in the second half. I he will also tell you this, that you tweeting out basically right after the, the second game – Kansas City by a million. That's not that wasn't your tweet, but that was the essence of it. Was the least surprising tweet I've seen in during the pandemic. So people have had a lot of time. You you are not surprising me at all today. You're definitely on brand. I got some thoughts. You made it all about Green Bay, and that's fine. I knew you were going to. I'm going to make it primarily about Tampa Bay here. This was certainly the better of the two games. More drama, better storylines throughout. Tom Brady was outstanding in the first half. He had two touchdowns with a critical 40-yard touchdown to Scotty Miller at the end of the half. Leonard Fournette was also pretty good. He came out a little tight, had two drops, a la Nick Chubb last week. But uh, that run, that 20-yard run that he had there uh, in the second quarter, he was breaking tackles. He was spinning. It's the Leonard Fournette kind of that we always thought he was supposed to be as that highly touted guy coming out of LSU. The Tampa defense was phenomenal for the first two and a half quarters. They ended the game with five sacks. They had two turnovers. One of them was very, very critical, which was the Aaron Jones fumble right there coming out of the second half. Uh, but as good as Brady was in the first half, he was he was pretty bad in the second half. He threw an interception on three straight drives, uh, which is terrible. I would say they were all his fault. The Mike Evans one, you can maybe make, maybe make. Mike Evans is six foot five, had to jump, and it still was off his He had to go, 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 gadget arms. There's no doubt about it. But you got to throw a better ball. All I'm saying is you could maybe make an argument that, you know, it hit Mike Evans' fingertips, so he needs to catch it. That That's all I'm saying. Three bad interceptions, okay? But the thing is, is once Tampa Bay went up 28 to 10 after that Aaron Jones fumble, I'll tell you. Aaron Rodgers struggled with the pressure, especially early. They were getting to him. He really took the game over halfway through the third quarter. He finished with 348 yards, three touchdowns. Look, you talked about it. Critical decision by Matt LaFleur to kick that field goal instead of going for it on fourth down late in the game. You know, Rodgers' decision to throw instead of run. Look, I've seen the replay. I I argue with you. Rodgers is athletic. Um, Devin White. I hear you. I hear you. Rodgers is athletic. He is. Devin White ran a 4-4-2. I'm not I am not saying that he scores a touchdown there. But it's fourth and goal from the two. I agree. Totally agree. And it's a completely different decision there. You know, LaFleur's sort of thing in his sleeve or whatever that he had in his back pocket was we went three straight downs and didn't get and didn't gain a yard. Well, that's not his argument anymore. Okay, the P.I. call at the end, that came at the end of the game that came under fire 
when I watched it in real time, I'm talking about the one on Tyler Johnson. On Tyler Johnson. They were letting those guys get so physical all game. So physical all game. I mean, there was just a lot of grabbing going on, a lot of holding. I thought the refs tightened up a little bit. I, I really did. First of all, when I saw it in real time, I thought it was uncatchable, number one. That's first and foremost. But I also didn't see the blatant two-handed shirt, shirt grab of his of his undershirt. So I was you know. the same because when I saw it, I was like, my only problem, I don't have a problem with the call because it was a correct call. Anytime that jersey comes off that guy's body, that that's getting called. He took like seven steps after that. And then the flag comes in. Yeah, it was late. Three Ro- seconds after the play. Buck was already saying, and there's no flat. You know what he it reminded me of? It before the flag was thrown. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the national championship game, yeah. Ohio State, Miami. I mean, but the Ohio State flag came much later than that. I mean, there was already confetti popping off and shit in that game. So, and that one uh, was definitely pass interference also. Eh, eh. My issue is more that was so blatant, but they were letting these guys get away with so much. You know, the officials, you have to maintain a line. You can't tighten up at the end of the game. If you're letting guys pull and tug and grab and stuff like that, you got to be a little more lenient. And I thought, I had I have a little issue with it. Not not much. Look, if I was too. <laughs> if I was a Packers fan, I obviously would be livid. But here here's the bigger thing: Packers have lost in the NFC Championship game four times in the last seven years. Aaron Rodgers is now one in seven in conference championship games. Tom Brady's won as many NFC championship games as Aaron Rodgers has. He's one in four. That's what I said. You said one in seven. I was I was No, I said he's 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 lost four times in the last seven years, and he's now one in four in conference championship games. Tom Brady's going to his tenth Super Bowl. What more do you say about this guy? I mean, he's just a winner. Everywhere he goes, what did what the Patriots go seven and nine this year? Guys, you know, won seven games in a row on his way. Won two road playoff games, three road playoff games on his way to the Super Bowl. I mean, guys, just he's a fuck. I mean, he's just like I want my son. To grow up to be like Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like just a fucking winner. Great guy. Family guy. As soon as he wins the game, he goes over, asks the guy, you know, can I see my son? Uh, just everything about him is is phenomenal. I love the guy. I'm so, you know, I'm just, I'm happy for him. I feel really bad for Aaron Rodgers. I, I do. It sounds, you know, I heard the post-game press conference. He's either going to flat out he may end up retiring i don't know he's either gonna flat out force his way out threaten to retire or he's going to really i think put pressure on the organization to go out and address some of the issues that they have secondary receiver help on defense um you know those kind of things so uh happy for tom brady sad sad for aaron Rodgers, but you know only one team you know obviously can win and 
the team that won is not the team that I thought was going to win, to be honest. You, look, you were on it, and I'll give you that. Take your victory lap. And and I said last week, you remember, I said, man, I really hate picking against Tom Brady. I really don't want to. But, you know, I thought the Packers were better, and, and I was wrong. So, No, I, I mean, I picked the Packers last week as well. So I'm not a little, little sarcasm there in the open. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the, the comments at the end of the – the end of the game is just an emotional guy you know like i said they had plenty of opportunities to win the game you know he went into takeover mode in the middle of the third like you said and i think what he his comments were more a message to the front office like okay you guys went guy you guys drafted jordan love last year in the first round you draft aj Dillon, who you know you, you have aaron jones and williams it's like it's time now. This is the window. This is how it works. You know, we need to we need to work on it now. He's definitely going back for another year. I I, I can't. I just can't imagine that. Uh, you know, he's done there. I don't know, bud. All right, so let's get into the AFC Championship game. Bills lose thirty-eight twenty-four to the Kansas City football team. Go ahead. Just now, I will be taking a victory lap. Go ahead. Uh, I've said all season that, uh, well, at least uh, as Buffalo was pounding these non-playoff teams down the stretch of the uh, the season there, that they just, you know, you know, Colin Cowherd and you know, several guys put these guys, put these two teams in the same class. And it was I just... I think you listened to Colin Cowherd. It's just laughable. Yeah, but when you say something ridiculous like that, it gets plastered all over Twitter, so I see it you look down the stretch, they, they didn't really beat anybody. They beat teams bad, but they weren't beating anybody. They didn't look good in one playoff game. I, I, I just, I, I never thought that they were, that they were on the same level as the chiefs. Um, there were people saying that Josh Allen was a better quarterback, um, which is just absurd. I'm going to stop you there. They said that he had a better year. I, I never once, and I listened to a lot of the same, nobody's out there going, Josh Allen they might said be Josh Allen today. People, I've heard people say today, when you wake up today, Josh Allen is the better quarterback. Well, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't think it would get, uh, you know, where it got to 38 15, but it was just, it was very clear who the better team was. And I just like that. I, I like how the Chiefs, they have uh, Hardman makes the mistake and they spot him six points right after the, the first possession there. Do they kick the field goal? And then uh, they finally got the stop, get the ball back, and Hardman fumbles and they score a play later. Nine nothing at that point. I wasn't even worried. I, I texted a friend of mine. I was like, this one's going to get real ugly. What do they do? They go right back to Harden, Hardman after that. He gets the touchdown on the very next possession. And then the very next possession after that, he has a 51-yard carry on a reverse. Just went right back to him. No problems. Uh, full confidence. They were ready to go. Allen isn't scary if your offense can score, okay? He played like a top-five quarterback this, this year. There's no doubt about it. And he is a threat when running or throwing. But if your team can score, like, he's just not that scary. He is crazy athletic. But like I said, that crazy play at the uh, end of the half with the incomplete pass, I was like, there's no way that he got rid of that ball. He was two and a half yards out of bounds. But then again, here we go, kicking field goals from the three and a half yard line on fourth down to end the half. Casey's 32nd in red zone defense. Just indefensible. Like, you're not going to beat Kansas City in Kansas City kicking field goals. Then uh, in the second and the second, the third quarter, I'm sorry, they kick another field goal 
I just need to know what the think is, the thought, the, the thought line of thought is. You've scored 12 points through two and a half quarters, and you're down by 12 at that point. So what does adding three do? It, it takes a two-score game and keeps it a two-score game. Like, you've essentially done nothing. You're, you're not going to lose anything by not getting the field goal. You know, it's still a two-score game at that point. And this is obviously not any kind of rocket science here, but we specifically mentioned Hill and Kelsey and those two guys. Those two guys are going to make any quarterback look good. Hill is just his change of direction and his burst is just unreal. That catch he had in the third quarter on the sideline and he ducks under the receiver and then just takes off up the, or the, the defender just takes off up the sideline. I knew he stepped out, but <laughs> he cuts it back there. And the craziest um, thing is it kind of looks like he's just kind of running around like he's drunk or whatever. You know what I mean? Like he just, I know he's so slippery, small, man. Yeah, he's small, yeah. but he's, he's not like small. He's like, he's just short. Like cause he's, he's built. You know, he's solid, but he could, they could fly, man. It's just like the, the, everyone on that offense. It's like not to make this about the Browns. It's just, you got to have more speed if you're the Browns. Like they, there are the model right now of showing you what an offense can do. They can make mistakes because they're going to be able to overcome them because they can score so quickly, you know, with Hardman. And, uh, you know, like I said earlier, the 51 yard in the reverse, like they flipped the field in, in seconds. Anytime Hill touches the ball, he's a threat to go. Uh, you know, he's got to take to the house. And then what that does is it just opens up the middle of the field for Kelsey to just go to work. And he, I, I, he's not quite there yet. I would have loved to have seen Prime Gronk in this offense, but he, I, he's got to be a top three tight end ever. You know, I think I read since 2018, he is the most receiving yards in the league. Mm-hmm. That's for everybody. That includes mm-hmm. wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And granted, they're playing more games because they're going deep in the playoffs the past three years. But He's leading the league in receiving yards. Like well, it's which is which is why last week when we were texting and we were talking about the Browns and the Chiefs pass catchers and you left Kelsey out. I said when you did a list of yeah yeah yeah. I said that you left out one big name, and you're like, who? You're like Kelsey's a tight end. I'm like, yo, that dude is not <laughs> just a tight end, bro. Yeah, and that's that's fair. And then at the end of the game, they're like, I totally feel Josh Allen throwing the ball at the Chiefs defender. Like, I've been there before, man. I've totally felt that. But, yeah, another a, a big takeaway from me is, um, you know, I understand why Aaron Rodgers is going to get the MVP, but there's no more question about it. This is the best quarterback in the NFL. He's in a class all by himself. And, uh, you know. What if? Go ahead. What if they lose in two weeks? No. Oh. We can look at it and see how he played, but the last playoff game that Kansas City lost, they lost to Tom Brady. No, they lost to the New England Patriots. Yeah. Come on. They lost to the New England Patriots. This is it, man. This is the passing of the torch. I mean, I can't wait to watch it. We'll see. I'll admit this. I uh before we move on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I give you, my, no, you want you want you want to say one more thing? No, I I've got I've got two big takeaways at the okay. end here, but I'll I'll let you go ahead. I thought this game was boring. And and I'm gonna be completely honest. The whole time I was watching this game, I could not stop but thinking the Browns would have went to the Super Bowl. That's what I kept thinking the whole time I was watching the game, which really depressed me a little bit. And I've actually been in a funk all day because of it. To the point where I didn't even really want to record. When I when I sent you that text message. I had a feeling. I was like, man, I've been in a fucking funk all day, man. Because I'm watching this game. I almost didn't even want to watch it. Because I'm like, we just missed. 
and look, it would have been bullshit, right? It would have been a fluke because Mahomes got hurt, but we had it. It was right there. And I don't want to make this about the Browns. Look, even you said it, even when Buffalo jumped out to the 9-0 lead, I just didn't feel like they were doing enough. They, you know, the, everything had to go perfect for them to get to that 9-0 lead. Buffalo's offense, they don't have any burst. They don't get chunk plays. They just kind of plod down the field. I just, even with Diggs, I don't know. You know, they just easily they, was playing with a broken leg. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did. He broke it in week 16. So he's <laughs> been playing with it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but Josh Allen ended up with decent numbers, right? He had, you know, almost 300 yards, a touchdown. He had another 90 yards rushing. His performance was pretty forgettable to me. Uh, and it hurts to say that, but it's true. But it hurts me because I've sort of, I was. Josh Allen was my darling, and I was sort of on the Buffalo Bills really before anybody else. I started talking about him in the offseason. I thought his performance was pretty forgettable yesterday. I think Buffalo took a step this year. I'm confident. Look, they're going to be a, players in the, a player in the years to come. That team's got to learn how to run the football with, besides with their quarterback. You're going to be in a Cam Newton situation in a couple years. You're going to get – Josh Allen just absolutely abused. And I don't know. You know, Mahomes was really good, even with the turf, though, right? 325 yards, three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill was unstoppable. Kelsey was awesome on the goal line. I mean, he had 113 yards, but he was awesome on the goal line. Uh, he's quickly cementing himself. We talked about it in, in the greatest tight end of all time conversation. I mean, he's right there. You talk about Gronk, you talk about Tony Gonzalez, um, you know, Shannon Sharp. He he's he's right there in that conversation. Antonio Gates, he's you know, he's better than some of those guys, and we can have that conversation later. The Kansas City defense. They're really good when it matters. They did it again this week. They did it to the Browns last week. They had, you know, Spagnolo, he he dials up pressure and, and he's He's found a way to kind of really frustrate and confuse young quarterbacks. He did it with Baker in the fourth quarter last week. He did it with Josh Allen really throughout the second half. That's a storyline. I don't think obviously Andy Reid's getting a lot of love and he should, but I don't think Spagnolo and what he's doing with that defense and sort of situational football that they're playing really timely pressure, really learning how to frustrate these young quarterbacks. And the reality is is all the quarterbacks in the AFC are young quarterbacks. Yeah, Baker was the oldest one right. uh, last weekend. So. And it's going to continue to be that way. So Now those guys all have playoff experience now, you know. So it, Right. And, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, I that, hear- that, that comes with it. But it was real interesting to listen to the Chris Long show because he played, he played for Spagnolo and he talked about. In St. Louis. Or, uh, yeah, in St. Louis. Yes, yes. So he talked about you know, Spagnuolo's playbook. And he's like, look, they're, they're going to, you know, to what you said, they're going to bring pressure at, at right times and they're going to get home. And then, uh, you know, I never saw this coming out for this guy, but Tyron Matthew is an absolute dog. Like I never saw that for him when, uh, when he was in college coming out, I thought he was going to be a total bust. That guy, that guy is like the heartbeat of their defense, man. Yeah. And he is awesome. Yeah, he is. You know, you talked about it, right? Buffalo took the step this year. Right, they lost in the first round last year, and now they won and they kind of progressed. So we'll see what happens. Now here's the thing, and I said this last year, I was bullish on Lamar Jackson, but I said, I said, I made a note. 
I said, look, I knew it. I said for a fact, his touchdown uh, percentage was going to, his touchdown rate was going to come back. It was just unsustainable. And I said, there's a very real chance that he had maybe just played his best season ever. I don't think it's a stretch to say that this is the same situation for Josh Allen. Yeah. This could very well be the best season he ever plays. I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. You know, again, I, I've paralleled him and Cam a lot. I've talked about this. I talked about it in the preseason. They remind me a lot of each other. Accuracy issues, big arm, athletic, big player that just relies on athleticism. You know, Cam had that one really great year in Carolina where he won the MVP. And he just, you know, he had he had good performances and good years, but he was kind of never that same player. And that was a little bit later in his career. I think that was like year five or six, maybe even maybe not. Maybe it was. I can't remember. I think you it was know? later than that because it was 2015. Right. So we'll see. I, 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 I like that take. Kansas City just put a bow on it. These guys are going to be favored in the Super Bowl, and they should be. I said it all season when we were doing our top three. I said it several times throughout the season. They would be favored on a neutral field against any team. The only difference is <laughs> not a neutral field. It's not a neutral field. They're still going to be favored, and they're probably going to be the home team, right? Like they'll, yeah, yeah, because. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, they're, they're at Bet Online. They're minus three and a half. It's just it'll be fun. You know, Brady's going to sit there and hear for the next couple weeks how great Mahomes is and all that. So that you know, both teams will be ready. We'll talk also the traveling is is interesting because of COVID. Uh, the Chiefs can't get in until two days before the game, so they get on a Friday. No, I don't and... think they're coming till Saturday. Are you sure? I saw yes. two days. I they wild. were talking about it. They were talking about how the NFC teams. If it was, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I could have swore I heard them say that Kansas City would come in on the day before, and then Buffalo or Green Bay would come on Friday because of distance. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But you said you had two two things that you wanted to touch on before we finished up. Yeah, just before – um before we before we wrap it up here um i had i had a take last week that the browns were better than the bills not backing away from that now i think they're the second best team in the afc um and just uh for you i'm gonna go ahead and admit that tom brady is the goat that makes me happy he could hold that from now until the time that mahomes retires that makes me happy so next week, we're going to talk Super Bowl. God, that makes me happy. We're going to do Super Bowl preview next week in the coming weeks. Right? He could be the GOAT for about a dozen years. Just to give you guys. Well, look, we're going to be talking more NBA. We're going to throw some college hoops in there. A lot of NFL offseason. Uh, we might throw some Browns time on a terror stuff in there for the fans that have been here for a while. We have one in the hole. We got to do episode four of that eventually. And, and, you know, look, guys, you know, we've done a really good job since we've been on Believe becoming more like a more segment based show. I have a feeling in the off season we're probably going to get back to being a little bit more topical. But, you know, if you follow us on social media, throw some ideas out there. We'd love to hear some stuff you guys want to hear us talk about. Right. We've done Sports Mount Rushmore. We've done. We've done some list stuff. We, we we try to stay away from list radio, but if there's something you guys really want to hear us talk about, please uh, you know send it to us on IG or, or Twitter or whatever and let us know, and, and we'll do what we can to talk about it. 
You got anything else? That's it. Don't forget at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you don't already follow us, please, please do so. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you can consume podcasts you can find us we are also available on the believe podcast network the number one podcast network for professionals check us out today at believe.com that's b-l-e-a-v with that we love you and enjoy your lives somebody suck me tom breaks the code listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube